This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast with your hosts, Scott Walker and Jamie Davis, episode 196. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy and Sci-Fi Reads. I'm here with my co-host, urban and cozy fantasy author, Scott Walker. Scott, I'm looking forward to this episode. I just started reading the anthology that we're going to be talking about later on, and I really enjoyed um, chatting with you last time on the show about your latest book, Spells and Sourdough. That's the second book in your Manhattan Magic series. But I know that you've been publishing (laughs) two books recently, which I know kind of has you pulling your hair out a little bit, but you've surfed through that now, so they're both both out there. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I'm very excited to be able to finally talk about this. I've been teasing it for the last couple of months on different Zoom calls and on the podcast episodes, but I'm finally able to say that this secret project I've been working on all year, this cozy fantasy shared world called Cozy Veils, V-A-L-E-S, is now a thing. It's a real thing. There's an anthology out there with a bunch of stories that are all winter and holiday themed. They're all available for free on the major retailers, and um, we're racking up some really great ratings on them. The readers are responding on Facebook, and they're saying they're loving the stories. And it is, um, yes, it is a big relief to be able to sit back and go, yes, I, publishing is done, cover is done, editing is done. It's, it's, it's been published, all the outlets, and everybody can go read it. It's really great, but um, I have to say, I, I really am grateful for the other authors because this could not have happened without a bunch of strangers uh, seeing my invitation post on Facebook in a private group and saying, yeah, that sounds cool. Let's, let's, let's do that. That sounds like a great idea, Scott. So um, we'll talk about this more. And when we uh, have some of the other Cozy Vales authors on when we do the, the proper interview portion, but yeah, very, very excited to have this anthology out. It's called Winter Tales from Cozy Vales. The website for the project, if you want to learn more about it, is cozyvales.com. And again, that's V-A-L-E-S.com. Sign up for our email list. Uh, we have a uh, we have an email that's a broadsheet called the Golden Acorn. And that Golden Acorn name comes from a piece of mythology from the world that talks about how this whole Cozy Vales queendom was created 600 plus years ago. Uh, but you can read all about that in the anthology. You can read all about that in the anthology, which I encourage you to download today. Definitely. They, they, I've already started reading through it. Um, and it is everything I would expect from something called cozy fantasy and something called cozy veils, because, uh, it is definitely cozy. It gives you warm, fuzzy feelings while you're reading, um, and lots of food and drink happening in the, in the stories, uh, which it just makes it even that much more fun. So, uh, it's one of those things you want to curl up and read on a, a cozy winter night and uh, enjoy. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've been busy, Scott. I've been um, working on um, about a little over halfway through Cluster Command, which is book eight in my Lone Wolf Squadron series, and also gearing up for the release of book seven, which comes up right after Christmas on December 28th um, for um, Frontier Law that comes out. 
and I'm really having a lot of fun. It's, you know, it's fun. You, you get to that part of this middle of the story where you're not quite sure what's going to happen next. And all of a sudden things are starting to roll into place. And so I'm, I'm feeling like the ball's starting to roll downhill instead of me pushing it uphill. So that's a good part of the story for me. So which, which muse is whispering in your face, uh, in your ear and how do you, how do you do that? How do you, cause I could use more of that, man. I could uh, use more you know, I, I just, it's the insanity that is my brain. I think Scott, <laughs> I, don't, I just, I just keep going sometimes and write until an idea pops into what to do next. And, and that's, um, what happened, uh, earlier today, actually, as we were recording this, I was, I was writing something and I went, wait, that's the solution. <laughs> so I, I, I have a whole thing that's going to like, uh, it, it's an easily five, six chapter arc inside the middle of the story. That's going to carry oh me heavens. to the ending. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. So um, that happened today. And that, that's all, that's a joyous moment for me in the middle of a book, because that means I can see the light at the end of that, that tunnel and know the ending is near. So it's a, it, it is for someone who's not, who's not a writer trying to describe what that moment of, of insight is, is very difficult as a writer. It's difficult to put it into words other than it's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. It is so uh, uplifting. So congratulations. I know what that high feels like. Well, why don't we get into this week's episode? Cause I'm really excited to get to our special guests. Um, we have two authors joining us in addition to you, Scott from the cozy Vales project. I've been hearing you hint around about this project, you know, silently in the background when, when we aren't recording so that people can't listen in. I've known you've been working on this for a while, and I am so excited that it's finally come to fruition, and I get the chance to learn more along with our listeners from a few of the authors involved. I want to welcome Cassandra Sterling, Rebecca Buchanan, and Scott Walker, who you all know very well on the show. Uh, why don't we ask, um, start off with Cassandra, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are as an author, and um, what your story is named in the Winter Tales for Cozy Vales. I am Cassandra Sterling, and I am an urban fantasy cozy mystery and now cozy fantasy mystery um, author. The story uh, in the anthology is entitled Sour at the Salt and Pickle, and it is a cozy mystery. Awesome. What about you, Rebecca? Uh, I am Rebecca Buchanan, and I write urban fantasy, romance, sci-fi, fairy tales, and the occasional mystery and horror story. And my story in the anthology is The Ballad of the Cat and the Silver, which is a mystery set on a floating veil of trees. That sounds so cool. Scott, how about you? You know me, man. I know, but what's your story called? Oh my God, it's Season of Giving. It's Season of Giving. Very awesome. Well, let's jump into our questions and get started with the rest of the podcast. So let's start off, Scott, with you. Why don't you give us some background and tell us exactly what Cozy Vales is? I was hoping you'd ask. Uh, We like to talk about Cozy Vales as a shared world series of cozy fantasy books, all based in the same setting. Some of them are adventurous, some are mysteries, and some are just delightful slice of life tales. Um, They all have one thing in common, though, and that is they're all cozy. So expect lots of cozy tropes. So for, for people that are listening that maybe don't understand exactly how like a shared world works, 
What makes this project different, Scott, from, say, a series that might be written by a single author? I mean, you've done a series before where you've written a couple series now that you've written on your own, but doing something in a shared world presents its own unique challenges and also its own unique advantages, I guess. Uh, for sure. Uh, this is not the first shared world that I started or or played in, um, but I, it's definitely the most fun I've had. Don't tell the duo group. Um, but uh, duos, Delta Underground Operatives, which was an amazing group of authors who got together under the auspices, I believe, of Nicole and Kimbra, Nicole Gretapas and Kimbra Swain. They came up with the idea for what became the Delta Underground Operatives shared world, and then they invited a handful of other authors to write their own stories, create their own characters, but all of it happens inside the duo universe or the, or the duo world, and we had certain rules we had to follow when creating our stories. That experience was just a reminder of how much I loved shared worlds. That happened, I guess, Jamie, you were in that or are in that. We started writing um, about a year and a half ago. Like yeah, it, it, it's amazing. It's, fl- it's flown by. I can't believe it's <laughs> right? that long ago, but it was a year and a half ago, a year and a half ago for sure. Yeah, it was. And so we spent most of 2022 writing and then we launched the series in early 23. And that experience of collaborating with other authors and doing uh, all of the kinds of um not improvisational, but really co-creating a world, co-creating stories, and then helping each other flesh out different ideas. Um, Just working with other authors was something that I loved. And the duo experience reminded me how much I loved that. And I hadn't, I hadn't really done a shared world in a while. And what, so what happened in 2022 was I discovered Cozy Fiction in the summer with uh, Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry and TJ Clune's House in the Cerulean Sea. I literally happened to read those back to back within a week and my head exploded. And I, I said, I really want to write this, but I had several commitments in my little yokai series to complete. I had the duo novel that I needed to, to finish. So I wasn't really able to tackle much of that until this year. And in January, my book was mostly done for duo. And I began to think about what a cozy shared world would look like and had some ideas. It really wasn't fleshed out. I just knew that I wanted to play in the cozy fantasy sandbox and I wanted it to make a to make it a shared world. And in March of 2023, Selena J. Eckert's Fireside Fantasy Facebook group, someone posted something along the lines of, um, why aren't there more cozy fantasy anthologies? And I took that as the sign that um, I should probably really just pull the trigger on this, do this project rather than thinking about it. And I very quickly, literally within a half hour, I typed up this post and I threw it up in the group and said, hey, kind of want to do this thing. I'm not really sure how it's going to go, but basically it's a cozy fantasy shared world and we're all right we're all right in the same world. And anybody want, you know, anyone wants more information, anyone wants to, to join me, come on, let me know. And I got a couple dozen people raise their hands. And of that, we had uh, 10 authors, including me, move forward. And, you know, here we are, flash forward about nine months, eight months. We've got our first anthology out, Winter Tales from Cozy Vales, which very, very excited about. And um, we're racking up some awesome reviews. I think we got we're two five-star ratings as of today on Amazon. We've had um, 750 downloads on Amazon alone, and the readers are loving it. So it's getting a really good response. We're very excited about it. 
Um, but for readers, what you need to know about a shared world is that you've got lots of authors writing different stories featuring different characters all set in the same world. And in this case, it's not just any world. It's Cozy Bales, which we deliberately built as a cozy, the perfect cozy setting for these stories. It is a lot of fun. I've started working my way through the book, and it um, leads off with your your story um, as written under your pen name, L.A. Scott. Um, Jennifer is just a lot of fun, um, and uh, it already sets up a lot of questions about where that story is going. I can't wait to see more of, of her. Um, but I, I guess let's turn to our other two guests on the show. Uh, Rebecca, we'll start with you. What do you think of when you think of cozy fantasy? What does that mean to you? How do you define that? For me, a cozy fantasy is different from other subgenres of fantasy because it's lower stakes. It's not the Dark Lord is coming to destroy the world. It's people are trying to figure out why their well is running dry or their crop crops will all die or something like that. It's very intimate. It's very personal. It's very small town. Uh, it's also warmer there's lots of food there's lots of tea there's lots of chocolate there's lots of family stuff it's that's cozy to me what about you cassandra um what do you think readers expect when they open up a story or a book that is labeled as cozy fantasy for me it's about a feeling so i recently reread i read i read Legends and Lattes last year as well and i reread it about three weeks ago and i'd forgotten that it starts with a battle like she's just finished killing something and it could be gruesome but when you finish the book I forgot the battle because all I got from the book was this warm feeling of just wholesome found family and so for me yes it is all the things that Rebecca said but it's also it's that feeling you get when you read the stories that they just you come away with it feeling good and and safe and and warm so, Cassandra, what drew you to come and work with Scott on this Cozy Vales project? <laughs> trying to think. Like at the time, I was like, "Oh, that this could be fun um, to do a cozy fantasy." I I write urban fantasy, and I've dabbled in some fantasy um, areas. I I did a cozy mystery series as well, so I liked the cozy feel. But I think it was this idea of getting together with other authors and creating the world. And I have to say it was, it was so much fun. Like there was, because we push each other to, to come up with even like even more creative and fun creatures and foods and, and all the, the different um, aspects of the world that make it, it's just kind of, it's a fun sandbox to play in. And, and I love, I love that part. So I think for me, it was more, I wanted to write, I wanted to write something cozy. I love fantasy. It's my, obviously the genre that I write in and, um, it just, it, it felt like the best thing to do. Rebecca, for those who are watching and I see you nodding on the video here where we're recording and, um, I'm, it seems like you agree. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything Gemma said. I had been writing urban fantasy too, and I was like, yeah, I want to try something new. It just sounds like fun, and I like the idea of collaborating. So, yep, I was in. So I, I've been involved with Share Worlds before. We talked about the Delta Underground Operatives Project. Scott mentioned that. Um, but um, I've had a lot of fun, and I'm curious what it was like. Maybe describe, um, Cassandra, 
um, what your character's like in this world. Um, what What is your initial story in this setting like? So I went after the mystery aspect because I love mystery. So mine is a cozy mystery. I am unfortunately, I think the, at the moment, the only one who has death in their in their story. Um, so my main character is a book cover designer and she is trying to find a quiet place to live. And she's on her way to the village that she ends up going to live at where all of my mysteries will happen. Like your standard English uh, mystery series, like Midsummer Mysteries, if you're familiar with that. And um, so she is in an inn and that's where she, you know, stumbles across a body. Um, But she has a companion who is a pixie, who is a little bit like, it's kind of a mix of a kitten and Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. I kind of like that mix. So she's chaotic, but she's really intelligent, but she's also, she's a pixie. So um, her attention squirrel and she's off going to find something shiny or um, so between the two of them, they have a friendship that is, it, it, they love each other and they're, they're supportive of each other, but there's also, you know, she's a pixie and um, it's a half elf. So there's some boundaries that need to be set because the pixie will get into all sorts of trouble if you let her. And um, so that's kind of where my character started. I started, I started with that and then built it out from there. What about you, Rebecca? Up, oh, you're muted. Sorry. I keep forgetting to unmute it. Uh, I would say, sorry, could you repeat the question? <laughs> sure. Let me just make a note here. I'll, cause I'm, I'll clean this up and nobody will know. Um, <clears throat> okay. So what about you, Rebecca? What are the things that, um, you want to introduce your story or your characters with in this initial round of the anthology? I really wanted to work with characters that weren't human. Uh, I really wanted to see what I could do with characters that were so other and yet also make them relatable to the readers. So I ended up with uh, a Pega cat, which is a winged cat. And uh, I ended up with a sylph, uh, somebody who's like half human and half air elemental. And then I stuck them on a floating veil there. They actually live in trees that are floating above in the sky and just floating all over the place. And I just wanted something that was really different, but also relatable. So that was what I went for in my first story. Scott, why don't you chime in here too? Because you've got a story in this anthology. It's the land of muted people. Dang it. Sorry, man. Yes, I do. I uh I had a story that I I my little yokai Japanese series was a very different kind of story from what I'm writing in Cozy Vales right now. It's it's Law enforcement's procedural. There's a there's a lot of mature themes in it. Uh, the f bomb happens. I, I use the f word uh, a couple of times. And my cozy urban fantasy series was my first attempt to step into the cozy space. And I, I think I think I got where I wanted to be for the cozy urban fantasy series. But for cozy veils. I had a very distinctive tone and voice that I was aiming for, and I wanted to make it very clear right out of the gate, which was why I did this kind of narrator introduction uh, mechanic for that particular story. And and so on a spectrum, you know, there's there's little yokai on one side, and then the Cozy Vale story that I came up with is very much on the opposite side. So there's going to be no no swear words. It's going to be very clean. It's going to be a very happy. Um, not 
not YA, but it's going to be a very happy um, read. I don't, I don't like to equivocate cozy to beach reads because I feel like it's a, it's a sort of a different experience. You know, to Cassandra's point earlier, there's a lot to do with context and tone when it comes to defining what makes a cozy story a cozy story. You have a collection of tropes like found family and an emphasis on food and drink. But there are other elements to it that I think make cozy different from other types of subgenres. And so for this one, I really wanted to lean in hard. So Jennifer Wells is a hearth witch who wants nothing more than to bake the most tasty, delicious, handmade sourdough bread in all of the cozy bales, queendom. A very, very modest goal. And uh, uh, this story introduces her and her friend Trill, who is a sprite. And it it doesn't have to be read uh, before the novel comes out. I'm I'm writing a whole series with this, as are most of the other authors, I should say, in Cozy Vales. So readers, if you like this setting, if you like this idea, you've got a ton more stories coming down the pike because most of the authors here, in addition to running a short for the anthology, they want to continue their stories, their characters in full-on novels and more anthologies and, and novellas and shorts. So expect way more Cozy Bales stories coming down the pike, including mine. Yeah, and so you've mentioned, um, we've mentioned pixies and sprites. I, I think there's a goblin in your story as well, Scott. Um, that, you know, what what other um, magical creatures can we expect to see in this fantasy setting? Or is, is, is uh, I guess we're going to see all kinds of, of the traditional fantasy creatures. Um, does anyone want to chime in with that? How about you, Rebecca? Uh, we have just about everything you could think of. We actually, when we were building the the source book for the shared world, we just started listing species that we wanted to have in the stories. Even if they didn't appear in our stories, we just wanted them to be a possibility. And then we also created new species on top of that. So, you know, you got mermaids and dragons and, and unicorns and pegasuses and all that sort of thing. And then we also invented new species. Um, I invented bard toads, which are singing toads that can see your destiny and weave stories and songs about your destiny. And pyre foxes, which are immortal foxes with lots of tails and that can set things on fire. And everybody else did too. I'm sure Cassandra and Scott can chime in here with all the kinds of awesome species they invent do. It's a growing it's a growing list. And and I will not lie that when when I opened the floodgates and said, okay, everybody, let's start, let's start coming up with entities that we want to include in this story so we can all agree on what are the attributes, what magic powers do they have? Um, everyone has a common basis for including these characters. And the spreadsheet filled very quickly, very, very quickly. And a lot of them were original. It was really, and this is one thing where I loved working with other authors because I got to see their creative process. And so, you know, Rebecca mentioned a lot of the original entities we have. You know, we, we definitely have the stable of elves and dwarves and gnomes and goblins and other things. But with most things fantasy, I think readers should expect a very different take on some of these very um, classic I don't want to say tropes, but classic character uh, characterizations. So we have orcs who don't fit the typical orc profile, much like Legends and Lattes, the, the orc protagonist in that book, uh, starts off maybe leaning into what you think uh, you would expect from a traditional orc and then quickly does a 90 degree turn for, like, for most of that book, Legends and Lattes. And we tried to do the same thing where we're not making any entity monolithic and so we, we kind of subvert some tropes intentionally with some of the, the entities and we had a lot of fun and i think we uh doing that and i think we had a lot of fun playing with those characters in the stories too you know i 
I know that you mentioned like the spreadsheet of the creatures and things that you, you created. Um, what other things did you do, Scott? Um, and, and the rest of you as well, that to help ensure that this anthology would come together and things would cross over and make sense between the stories. Um, I think the well, that's all. How much time do you have on that? Because there, there's a lot that ended up happening from a logistics standpoint, and I'm still learning, and I've made mistakes, and the the other authors are incredibly patient with me in terms of trying to figure out how how, how we should use G Drive and Discord and Zoom and everything else. Um, so I'm so I'm I'm dying to hear what their thoughts are from their perspective. I just know that they've been really patient and kind with me and. I think overall it's gone well, you know, we came up with systems for doing peer review continuity reviews before the anthology went live and that went really well. There was a lot of helping out other authors in the group. Um, but honestly, the, if there's a secret sauce to this success um, for Cozy Vales, it has to do with, I lucked into having essentially nine other strangers raise their hand and say, that sounds like a really cool idea. I want to come play in that world. And they all brought their A-game. They were all very talented, all super friendly, super nice. We have a great time on our Discord server and on our Zoom calls. And I just, I, it wouldn't have worked if I didn't have the caliber of authors who volunteered and said they wanted to come play in this group. So that's my take. I'll, I'll let the other two ladies uh, share their thoughts on it. Cassandra, what do you think? The, the What is it that's helped pull the ideas together in a way that helped you write your story? For me, it's definitely Discord. It's kind of where we start. We throw up, we throw up our idea, what we think we want to do. So we'll, you know, I have a character in my book that are a species in my book that's called Tulian. They look like they're they're owl kind of creatures, but they stand on legs and they're very like kind and gentle and they're healers. And um, so I put that up in the Discord and said, this is what I think they're going to be like. And then everybody comments and says, oh, but what about this? And oh, it'd be really awesome if they did this. And they throw lots of ideas at you and they push you a little bit and they 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 give you great ideas. And so it ends up being something that you maybe started with, but it evolves into being a shared um, species, a shared idea, a shared like recipe or a veil. Or... So we had, a, I think that for me was what was good. And that's why I say they pushed you they push you to be more creative than you ever thought you would be because they come up with these great ideas and you're like what did I think of that and yes absolutely let's do that um so I think for me that's what worked the best because we we but we also push we also say okay but mm, do we really want to do that because it's going to have these complications and we need to think about this we need to think about how this will impact these kinds of readers so for me it's the it's the coming together of all these different minds and and making sure that we're putting across the best product the best you know ideas and the best um products to put into our the i guess products is a bad word but you know what i mean um to put into the books yeah that that makes so much sense based on my experience with shared universes and, and things um but i'm curious rebecca what was it about the group effort that helped pull things together for you for me, is where we would left things fuzzy. I mean, there were some things that we were very specific about, like here is the map. This is what the queendom looks like. This is where the veils relate to each other. So we had very specific geography to work with, but we left a lot of things very fuzzy, like the magic system, so that there was a lot of wiggle room for the stories we wanted to write and the kinds of magic users we wanted in our stories. And there were this long list of rules as to how the spells would work and all that stuff. So there's a lot of more room for creativity in there. 
One of the things I love is how this this particular anthology is set around the holiday, the winter holiday for the queendom and um, Lantern Night and and um, I forget the overarching is it Winter Tide or Winter's Tide Winter's Tide and um, the just I'm I'm curious how each of you adapted that that concept to kind of create a setting around which your story could revolve or, or did you um, Rebecca, what, what did you do with that, that, that concept to kind of fit into this winter setting? I had my floating veil, which is Skypress veil move into a veil where it's like almost perpetually winter and they're floating overhead and and lantern night is coming, but they can't have floating lanterns filled with fire in their floating tree veil. So they have a completely different way of celebrating, but then, Nothing ever actually happens in my story with Lantern Night because something else bad happens that they have to take care of. So, you know, you can read that when you get to it. Oh, now, now I can't wait. That's awesome. Uh, how about you, Cassandra? So for mine, we, um, we, we set the rules for Lantern Night and then each veil can kind of do something slightly different, um, as Rebecca said. So in mine, she, because she's in, a, she's in a, a veil on her way to the veil that she wants to go to, um, I kind of borrowed a little bit on Festivus. So we have feats of strength and singing the songs. And um, so I can't, because where, where the setting is, it's kind of a rougher um, town. It's a rougher veil. And so they, they can't do like bonfires or floating lanterns because they'd end up setting the town on fire. So they have a different way of doing it. They do, you know, feats of strength and singing the songs, and then they'll do like one lantern or one candle that they'll pass around and everyone will get to, um, light at the end. So that's, that's how I played with it. And I think that's the the cool thing is everybody, it's the same holiday and there's definitely specific traditions, but we each get to tweak it a little bit. And that's so, you know, that's so true with how holidays are celebrated everywhere, right? I mean, that's what kind of makes it cozy. Everybody can understand that even in, in the same neighborhood, you know, two neighbors don't celebrate whatever winter holiday you celebrate the same way. Um, there are different family traditions and different cultural traditions that go along with it. So that, that's so neat that you all adapted that to the, to that. Um, Scott, what is, what is it that you bring to the, the lantern night in your story? So I think for me, the, the idea was that I, I, uh, and this is not a spoiler. We meet, Jennifer Wells in Juniper Vale, specifically in Oasis, which is a large trading town in Juniper Vale, which is the northernmost vale in the queendom, and it borders two other lanes. And I, I wanted to introduce her in what into what we call a shared setting or shared content. So this is something that I created and said anybody can use this as a setting. But I knew that I also wanted to have her start off the first novel in the series in a different location in a veil that I created. And so my veil is called Summer Frost. And I wanted the the short story to introduce her, but at the end, know that she's going to go on a journey. She's going to a veil she's never visited before. And I had lots of reasons for making her want to be a stranger in a strange land from from a creative perspective. But for me, it was like, okay, well, okay, like, but what's the deal? Like, she's trying to bake bread and she wants it to be really um, tasty and everything. But like, what's the deal here? How do I wrap this around the two-week holiday of Winter's Tide that culminates in the 
uh, evening ceremony with Lanterns Night when that big celebration, the big holiday of the year. And I came up with this idea that she's going to try to, with her help from her friend Trill, the Sprite, she's going to try to grow these flowers that don't normally grow in Juniper Vale and definitely don't grow at that time of year in Juniper Vale. And, and they're going to secretly grow these flowers for a customer who's, who is putting on, he puts on a really big gala. And so that's the, that's the whole conceit. The whole goal is to grow these flowers. Things don't go as planned. But the whole concept was me trying to wrap uh, her goal in this book and attach it directly around or to Lantern Night. And then that also gives me all the options to have her wandering through Oasis and describing to readers how Oasis celebrates both Winter's Tide and Lantern Night. And so we get to see the customary exchange of well wishes that that are that's common throughout the kingdom. We get to see obviously lots of food, lots of drink. Uh, there is a market that that is created kind of it's like a pop up market just for Winter's Tide that pops up in Oasis. Um, and I should mention that a lot of the authors are pulling in the, from the same settings. So uh, Gemma Clatworthy has a story where she has a character who's um, kind of motoring through the same space. And we were like, okay, like, what does the market, the pop-up Winter's Tide market look like? And then she had an elf mentioned in one of her scenes in the market. And so I have my characters bumping up against that same character from her story. Um, and this is a very roundabout way of saying that some of us really went to great lengths to integrate our stories. And I think there are going to be a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of fun aha moments for readers as they're going through the short stories and they realize how connected some of these stories are. That's only going to increase as more stories get published under the Cozy Bells collection. And that's one of the joys, I think, of writing in a shared world where you can borrow characters from each other and loan characters to each other and and help flesh out the world so much for for each other. Um, we're, we're coming down towards the end. And um, before we get into our rapid fire, no wrong answers question round, um, I do want to uh, give you each a chance to just tell our reader of your that might be picking up this this anthology what they what you think they might be feeling as they read your story. So, Rebecca, do you want to go first? Just what would you what would you want them to expect as they as they flip the page to your story? Uh, my story is an adventure mystery, so I hope they're entertained and excited and that they come back for the next season on Anthology because I'm going to be continuing the mystery in the next three. Very cool. How about you, Cassandra? Mine is a cozy mystery, um, but it has some uh, a little bit of found family in it. Just a, the, the brief glimmerings, the friends that she makes in the inn travel with her to the next place. So I think it's a... Cozy mystery with a little bit of character realization. Very nice. And Scott? Super low stakes um, externally. She She's not out to save the world. She's not even out to save Juniper Vale or Oasis. She just wants to bake this awesome bread. Um, so it's it'll be an emphasis on on interpersonal relationships and those types of conflicts and uh, and food. Lots and lots and lots of food. Lots and lots and lots of food. That's a, that's a great way to leave it here um, as we get into our rapid fire question round. And we call this no wrong answers for a reason. There literally are no wrong answers. So um, these questions I'm going to ask 
And um, I want you all to feel free to, to answer with your answers. We'll go around um, in this order, Rebecca, Cassandra, and Scott. So it's usually one-word answers. You can just follow after each other. And we'll go ahead and start off with the first one, if everybody's ready. The first one is a perfect one for cozy mysteries or cozy f- fantasies, and that is coffee or tea? Tea. Tea, but sometimes coffee. Just coffee. Just coffee. And if it were me, it'd be hot chocolate. So um, I think we, we needed to have a third answer there. Um, favorite childhood book you still reread as an adult? Ooh, The Enchanted Forest Chronicles by Patricia Reed. Harold and the Purple Crayon. Love great. that book. I love that one. Uh, believe it or not, I've gone back and read some of the Winnie the Pooh books, which were always a touchstone for me as a kid. Love those. I just did that recently with my grandson, so I, I can give give kudos to that, too. I, I think that's a great choice. Um, name one of your favorite holiday traditions. Favorite holiday tradition? Uh, not answering the door on Halloween because I want to be left alone? Is that, is that okay? That counts. No wrong answers. <laughs> Uh, my husband and I do a deconstructed Christmas dinner. We start with breakfast. Uh, breakfast is dessert. Lunch is kind of some of the sides that we would do for a traditional kind of turkey dinner. And then we have the turkey and the the stuffing and stuff for the, the main meal a little bit later. So we spread it out with alcohol all the way through. Oh, that's awesome. Scott? Dang, what time is breakfast? I'm there to say breakfast. I, uh, we, we do, you know, with, I got three teenage kids. So for me, uh, one of the big things is, is, shared viewing of some of the classic Christmas and holiday movies and TV shows, which we have yet to do because my oldest is still at college, but he's home next week and we're going to jump right into that tradition. First cozy fiction book of any genre you remember reading. Oh gosh. I'm not sure I can remember something that far back. Um, Possibly does Elizabeth Peters Egyptology mysteries count or Amelia Peabody series. I loved those when I was a teenager. So yeah, that's my answer. That's actually my answer too, but I think I'll say for cozy fiction, most recent, I would say um, Terry Pratchett equal rights. Loved that book. Ooh, nice. I'm going to go with maybe Winnie the Pooh with a possible the Hobbit. Um, for me, because I still I still classify Hobbit as cozy. And the last one is favorite winter meal. Hot chocolate. And this sounds fancy, but it's really not beef bourguignon. Well, that's super fancy. What are you talking about? Um, it's like so easy. Are you it's kidding? just beef stew. <laughs> but it's so good. It's so oh my good. Gosh, it's so good. I'm going to go with, I'm going to bump it up a little bit time-wise and say, I, I love a turkey, a traditional turkey dinner, stuffing, potatoes, the whole nine yards. Sounds good. Well, I want to thank all of you for joining me today and, and joining the podcast. It's great. I can't wait to have you back on when we talk about future anthologies. And when, if you release books in the, in the cozy veils, we definitely want to talk about those as well. 
So uh, definitely do that. Everybody should check out Winter Tales from Cozy Vales. It's available now for free on all the major retailers. So you can go pick up a great holiday read. They're fun. I think they'd be great for the whole family in a lot of cases. So jump in and and join them. Um, Before we go, uh, Rebecca, where can folks find you if they want to look up more of what you've done online? I have a list of all my publications on my main website, which is eternalhauntedsummer.com. Awesome. Cassandra? Uh, you can find all my stuff on my website as well, Cassandra C. Sterling with an I, um, dot com. Awesome. And Scott, we'll cover you in the closing. So you get off easy for this part. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, everybody, for coming on the show. Thank you, man. Thanks Appreciate for having it. us. Well, Scott, that was a great set of interviews and chats with with, um, Cassandra and Rebecca and yourself. Um, I've been waiting a long time for Winter Tales from Cozy Vales, and finally it's available, and I've been able to start reading it. Congratulations on the launch of this anthology. And I can't wait to have more members of the Cozy Vales team back on the show or newly on the show as books start to come out because this isn't just a collection of anthologies that's going to come out regularly, which it will be, but it will also be actual stories and books that'll be written in this shared setting. Yeah, completely. I mean, I've got a whole series of books that I've got planned. And uh, the great thing about this is, or I don't know what it is, but having this shared world that I, I kind of laid the foundation for, and then I had these amazingly talented other authors come in and begin to add, you know, they're, they're bringing their settings and characters and ideas and holidays and magic items. And it's this lovely, amazing collaborative um, effort now. And, and, and it's all, it's all because we all got together and pooled our creative talents. And there's something about that. Unlike any other series I've worked on where I have all of these ideas. I, I, I had like the, the amount of stories I plan on writing in Cozy Vales is potentially limitless. I plan on playing in the sandbox for a very, very long time. So yeah, very, very excited about it. Well, since there are going to be so many stories, where can folks find out about them and about what you're working on? So for Cozy Vales, very easy. Go to CozyValesVales.com. And for me and my other books, uh, it's going to be scottiswriting.com. And I should probably mention, because I don't think I mentioned it during the interview, that I am writing under a pen name for all of my Cozy Vales stories. So allow me to reintroduce myself as L.A. Scott. Get it? Wink, wink, I nod. Yeah, you, you Southern <laughs> California person, you L.A. Scott. Really? That's that's actually I mean, a fantastic name. When I saw it come across and I knew exactly who it was, I, I just said, that's the perfect pen name for this series and for you. So I think that's fantastic. Um, I, I, I am um, excited as well. I wrote a short story recently in the duo novel world and um, kind of wraps up some story arcs from my duo series or duo book in the series. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting that out there. It's holiday themed, so it's perfect for this time of year. Rat and Genie um, have a, a momentous Christmas Eve date scheduled. And of <laughs> course, 
that's never going to go off well with a, a couple that is they're both exes and uh, they they are trying to get back together. And can it be as easy as that? We'll have to find out. So I hope to have that out for folks to read soon. Um, stay tuned um, with me or check in over at the Duo Reader Group, the Delta Underground Operatives Readers Group. Um, we'll be posting how to get that story and a couple of stories from Nicole Grotepus as well um, set in that world. So um, that's coming up for me. Um, in the meantime, check me out at jamiedavisbooks.com or join my Fun Fantasy Readers Facebook group. And um, always check out the podcast, which is also available over at jamiedavisbooks.com. And you can subscribe over there as well so you don't miss any future episodes. We're going to have lots of great fantasy and sci-fi authors on here to talk about their books and their stories and their projects. And you can do that all here on this podcast. Until next time, I'm Jamie Davis. And I'm Scott Walker slash L.A. Scott asking you to keep on reading and keep on listening right here to the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast.